0: Hello and welcome, Hacker Public Radio audience. My name is Mr X. Welcome to my fifth HPR podcast. It's been a while and I must apologise for the long interval that's passed since my last show. I'd like to start by thanking the HPR people for making all this possible. I would never have pulled my first podcast together without making this service available. It's truly a wonderful and invaluable resource on these here intertubes. If you have something interesting or some bursting passion... Why not share it with the rest of us? It really isn't that hard, and even if you only manage one show, that's fine and great. But who knows, you might even go on to enjoy the challenge and produce more shows. If I can do it, anyone can. I plan to make this a two-part show. Hopefully you won't need to wait too long for the second part. The topic today is batteries. I must start by saying I am no expert. I really started looking at batteries in more detail ...when I acquired a rather expensive rechargeable shaver, and the rechargeable battery within it failed prematurely. This compelled me to go searching for the truth about why batteries fail. In the process of this, I found out about Memory Effect, which I've heard many individuals mention... ...and which I've seen written in the numerous equipment packaging, and in various instruction manuals. I'm here to tell you that it's probably not what you think it is. I'll talk more about this later on in the podcast. Modern world. I am conscious that these days most devices do not use discrete batteries and perhaps to some extent it could be argued that some of this discrete battery stuff is redundant. When was the last time you had to open a battery compartment and replace a battery? Most modern devices come with a specialist battery pack, often one which is either difficult or even impossible to change. Because of this we prematurely throw more and more stuff away. The user manual does not clearly explain how to look after your battery or in fact sometimes gives bad advice, which will ensure the early death of your battery. Either the manufacturers don't know much about the battery they are fitting, or is it deployed to speed up the built-in obsolescence? Ask yourself, would they not include a battery compartment if they wanted you to keep the devices a long time? In reality, there's probably a variety of reasons why a battery compartment isn't included. You can make up your own mind about this. A year from now, I wonder how many tablets will be confined to the bucket. Often conveniently for the manufacturer, batteries are not covered by the warranty. Yet they often fail to give clear instructions about how to prolong battery life. For these reasons, I would argue that the information in this podcast is even more important than ever, as the damn batteries are so difficult and expensive to replace. What is a a battery? Batteries convert chemical energy into electricity and they all work in a similar way. A battery consists of one or more electrochemical cells. This point is important. The multi-cell battery is at the heart of battery failure. A single cell battery in isolation is much more likely to reach old age. Again, all will be revealed later on in the podcast. Think of a multi-cell battery as a package of small individual batteries linked together and covered in a single wrapper, giving the illusion of a single battery. More voltage is produced by stacking multiple cells together. Inside each electrochemical cell are two metallic plates, called electrodes. Between them is a chemical bridge called an electrolyte. In a car battery the electrolyte is sulfuric acid. The electrolyte allows charged electrons gathered at one electrode to travel to the other. The transfer of electrons is the basic principle all batteries use. Lead acid batteries, the type commonly used in cars, were the first kind of rechargeable batteries. They first started being used around 1860, but it wasn't until 2011 that we fully understood how they worked. The characteristics of batteries can be altered to some degree by changing the physical construction of the electrolyte and electrodes. However, even greater changes can be had. By using different materials. A lead acid cell, for example, nominally produces two volts. So a traditional car battery consists of six cells, each cell producing two volts. Six cells multiplied by two volts gives an output voltage of twelve volts. The cells are connected so that the positive electrode of one cell is connected to the negative electrode of the next cell. This is known as connecting the cells in series. They're connected in the exact same way. you would load cylindrical batteries into a cylindrical flashlight. This is in fact all a multi cell battery is. Again think of sticking a pile of batteries together, connecting them all together in series, wrapping it all up in plastic, leaving only the first positive terminal and the last negative terminal visible. This is all a battery pack is. Common alkaline cells produce a nominal voltage of 1.5 volts. From this you can tell that a common AA battery is a single cell battery. An alkaline pp 3 square battery, commonly used in smoke alarms, is an example of a multi-cell battery because it produces 9 volts. Remember, an alkaline cell normally produces 1.5 volts. Inside a PP3 battery is a stack of 6 individual cells. These cells are all connected in series, each cell producing 1.5 volts. 6 times 1.5 equals 9. The nominal voltage produced by a rechargeable nickel metal hydride cell is 1.2 volts. This can cause a problem when you are substituting alkaline batteries with rechargeable ones. Consider if you want to replace the standard batteries in your shiny new digital radio. The radio uses six standard batteries. This means the digital radio expects a nominal voltage of 9 volts. When you substitute the batteries with rechargeable ones, you can't understand why the thing only runs a short time then dies. Six 1.2 cells would produce 7.2 volts, probably at the same voltage as six flat alkaline batteries. Your digital radio is fooled into thinking the batteries are flat. The more cells the device use, the greater the difference between the common alkaline batteries and rechargeable nickel-metal hydride ones. Some modern devices either auto-detect this or have a manual switch to cater for this situation. Memory, 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 memory effect. effect. Memory effect was first observed on early satellites. It was found that the battery voltage on orbiting satellites was prematurely dropping. These early batteries used nickel cadmium batteries. These I believe are no longer available due to environmental concerns. It was found that the voltage drop was caused by the fact that batteries were going through an identical charge and discharge cycle on each rotation around the Earth. After a few cycles of this, the batteries developed the memory effect causing the voltage to drop off prematurely. The thing about memory effect is that it is reversible by repeating the charge and discharge cycle a few times. In modern satellites, the charge and discharge times are randomised and this stops the memory effect from being developed. Another place where memory effect was observed was in doctor's pagers. The doctor would have his pager with him throughout the shift. At the end of each shift the pager would be returned to a charging station where it was charged overnight. Again the charge and discharge times were identical day after day allowing the memory effect to build up. You will probably never encounter memory effect during normal day-to-day operation of battery equipment. I believe it's quite difficult to demonstrate even in a lab. As I said before memory effect is reversible some battery chargers have a discharge function on them to individually discharge each single cell battery. In my opinion this facility is really of little benefit since you will be very unlikely to to come across memory effect in day to day use of your battery equipment. Why Why do batteries fail? We now know that the premature failure of batteries is nothing to do with memory effect so what on earth is going on? There is one thing above all other things that time after time cause batteries to fail and I'm going to let you in on the secret. It's all to do with linking multiple cells together in series. When a device draws current from a multi-cell battery all the cells within the battery pack linked together start to discharge. The problem is that no two cells are identical even if they're manufactured at the same time using the same equipment. There will still be many differences in each cell. These differences lead to one cell becoming flat for all the others. The voltage from this cell collapses and the voltage from the surrounding cells reverse charges the flat one. This is indeed very bad for the cell concerned. Reverse charging a cell is very bad and a nickel cadmium battery causes conductive dendrite crystals to grow. These crystals effectively short out parts of the battery rapidly reducing the capacity of the cell. Next time you use the device the battery pack goes flat more quickly because one of the cells is damaged it inevitably gets reverse charged again this causes a death spiral of the whole battery pack note only one cell in the pack is damaged but this doesn't help much as you undoubtedly won't be able to replace the individual cell and it's likely you'll find it difficult and possibly expensive to find a suitable specialist replacement battery pack on top of all this you may not even be able to get into your device in order to replace the battery if it's something like your average tablet. If the device uses discrete individual batteries, you still need to locate the faulty cell. If you replace the faulty cell, the chances are the capacity won't match the remaining cells. This is why instruction manuals often say not to mix and match rechargeable batteries. How to prolong prolong the life of your batteries? The number one thing above all else that kills batteries is driving them flat. Imagine you're using a battery drill As you drill, you start to notice that the drill is ever so slightly slowing down. At this point, one of the cells within the battery pack is being very quickly destroyed. Stop immediately. If possible, put the drill on charge. Above all else, stop drilling. Fight the temptation with every fibre of your body. Continuing even for another minute will catastrophically damage the single flat cell, causing the whole battery pack to fill within a few charge-discharge cycles. You might imagine that your device might switch off automatically and will save you from the destruction of your battery pack. I would advise you not to rely on this, as no matter how complex the circuitry, it cannot know the state of each individual cell within the battery pack. Damage can still easily occur. It is far better to stop using the device long before it shows any signs of being flat. Here's another common scenario which leads to the same destruction of your precious battery pack. If you have a device that gradually sucks power from the device, imagine something like maybe a portable MP3 player, a sat-nav, e reader or perhaps your favourite tablet. Go on standby, these devices draw power. My Sansa Clip MP3 player has a terrific battery life, but it has an internal clock within it which only came to light when I was running Rockbox on it. I don't find the clock particularly useful, but the very fact it has one means the MP3 player is continually drawing a small amount of current from the battery, even when it is seemingly turned off. If I was to leave the MP3 player for months on end without charging it, then the battery pack would be driven flat, causing the failure of the whole battery pack. This is something you need to watch out for. My sensor clip is over 4 years old and still has a great battery life. I recommended the same player to a colleague at work a few months back, I recently asked him how he was getting on with his player, and he said not too bad, but it tends to go flat all the time, so I tend to use my phone now. I suspect he let the thing go flat. If you're not going to use a device for a long time, then disconnect the battery. This will save it. Unfortunately, you can't do this with the sealed devices such as an MP3 player or tablet. I would imagine many of these devices will go in the bin. Built-in obsolescence strikes again. Recommendations. Most devices now come with specialist batteries, such as lithium-ion or lithium-polymer. These batteries have very high energy densities, approaching that of a small hand grenade. Because of this, you need to be very careful charging them. You have no choice but to use the chargers supplied by the manufacturer. However, if you're using a device with discrete rechargeable batteries, then choose a slow trickle charger. You may find it quite difficult to get a slow charger As everywhere you look, there are fast chargers boasting about how fast they can charge. Playing the wonderful consumer numbers game, suckering the poor consumer yet again, these fast chargers pulse charge the batteries, which means you won't obtain the full capacity of your battery. The battery will also tend to fail a bit quicker. However, the failure time will still be nowhere near as quick as driving a battery flat, which remember can happen just by leaving the device sitting unused just like the charger companies, the battery manufacturers are also playing the marketing numbers game. Just like your digital camera which must have the biggest megapixel count, the image may only be interpolated and the crammed in megapixels count will undoubtedly increase image noise. The same numbers game goes on for batteries, everything is a trade off. The current trend for bog the b- discrete nickel metal hydrate batteries is to increase the capacity. Capacity is merged in amp hours, a one amp hour battery can theoretically maintain a current drain of one amp for one hour. A four amp battery can theoretically contain a current of four amps for one hour. Small discrete batteries use the measure milliamp hours. 1000 milliamp hours equals one amp hour. I can remember my first set of nickel cadmium 8 batteries having a capacity of 500 milliamps. This means these batteries could maintain a current drain of half an amp for one hour nickel cadmium batteries were replaced by nickel metal hydride batteries I think these started coming out with a capacity of around 700 milliamp hours over time these capacities crept up and up and I think they have now reached a whopping 2700 milliamp hours this means these tiny 80 batteries can maintain a current drain of 2.7 amps for one hour incredible now you may think this is great what can be wrong with continually increasing capacity well remember this numbers game is a compromise as the capacity goes up so does the discharge rate. These 27 ampere batteries will be flat within a month just sitting on a shelf. They are also more likely to fail quickly. However if you're using them at high discharge rates like for example in a high speed remote controlled car where the battery is exhausted very quickly then these batteries may be exactly what you need. You may also want to consider a fast charger, as you may be impatient to get out with your model and race again. Remember, if you're not using the batteries like this, then you might do better to get a lower capacity battery with slow charger. Again, you may find this difficult, as everyone thinks bigger is better. 2100 mAh AA batteries are a good compromise, having a decent capacity and a reasonable discharge rate, giving a reasonable charged shelf life. At this point I should maybe make it clear that allowing batteries to go flat naturally over time with no current drawn is perfectly safe and will not destroy the batteries. This is because no current is flowing between the cells. Even the tiniest of currents will destroy cells as one collapses it is reverse charged by the neighbouring cell. This is why it is always best to remove batteries from a device if it is not going to be used for a long time. Summary. Summary. Summary: A descending order of importance. 1. Don't drive batteries flat. 2. If you're not using the device, disconnect the battery. 3. Don't mix and match batteries. 4. Where possible, use a slow charger. 5. Topping up a device is not a bad thing. 6. Leaving a device on charge for a longest time is only okay if it's being trickle charged. Conclusion. Okay, I hope you enjoyed this podcast That's about it for this episode Next time in part 2 I'm going to try and give you real life examples of battery usage I'll try to pull together some show notes for the podcast which if I do will be available at HPR I can be contacted at X at hpr at googlemail.com That's HPR the at symbol, googlemail.com. So until next time, thank you and goodbye. You have been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by a HPR listener like yourself. If you ever considered recording a podcast, then visit our website to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Phenomenicum Computer Club. HBR is funded by the Binary Revolution at binrev.com. All Binrev projects are proudly sponsored by Lunar Pages. From shared hosting to custom private clouds, go to lunarpages.com for all your hosting needs. Unless otherwise stated...